All right, Father, thank you because you are here with us. Thank you because you will teach us by your spirit. We open our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So last week, we started our conversation about intercession. We called it the secrets of intercession, part one. Today is going to be part two, and we are going to continue in that conversation. Today is going to be a Bible study. What that means is that we will dwell a lot on scriptures. And if you are taking notes, I mean, I, I was listening to um, Pastor Adeboye, who was addressing a group of ministers, and was saying a lot of deep things. He noticed that a lot of them were writing. And he said something in passing that kind of stuck with me. And I'm sharing it with you because I believe it might help you. He says that um, if I am speaking, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but he says, if I'm speaking and saying something worthy of note that you feel it needs to write down. He said, please, whenever I call a scripture, stop whatever it is you are writing and write down the scripture. He says, what God's word has to say is more important than what he has to say. 100% I agree. So as I call the scriptures today, no matter how deep the point we are on is, this is interestingly now online for you. So later you can always go back to the sermon on YouTube, on Spotify, on various platforms there. But please do not miss out on any of the scriptures for the sake of your notes. The secrets of intercession. Our anchor scripture for the broad conversation, Luke 18 verse 1, it says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And uh, we also read Luke chapter 11 from verse 5 to 10, telling us about the parable of a man who at midnight or right went to the house of his friend. Luke 11 from verse 5, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. And for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And he unto you, and he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise. He will rise and give him as many as he needs. And then he goes on in verse 9 and verse 10 to say, Ask, knock, or right, seek. He will ask, shall receive. He will knock, or right, the door shall open. All right. All right. So, essentially, what we learned, just to give a very quick recap, is that the main pillars of intercession there for it to be successful is that there is relationship. There is relationship with the Father. There is intimacy with the Father. And then we said that there must also be some connection with the one that you are interceding on behalf. There is a, there is a basis for, for compassion to flow through. And the third part we learned is persistence, importunity persistence, keeping at it, knowing that the, for the fact that my God is faithful, this matter will have a favorable resolution. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but I know that there is someone in the gap there. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30, it says, and I sought for a man among them, I sought for a woman, I sought for someone, I sought for, for, for a person there, all right, to arise that you make up the edge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And I pray for you under the sound of my voice that the destruction 
that should not happen just because of you, that you will arise and take your place in destiny, and that the savor, the preservation you should bring to your world, you will not fall out, you will not miss out. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. So today we are looking at the conversation, are you a friend of God? We said that many people can attempt to do intercession, but intercession will yield results when it is based on friendship. Are you God's friend? That is the conversation we are going to look at today. And we are going to walk through scriptures to see God's friends and why these friends of God were able to yield results. Now, uh, we are going to pick examples from the old covenant. And we are going to pick examples from the new covenant. The reason we are doing that is because there is, a dime, there, there is a tendency for you to say persons in the old covenant, they only had the spirit of God upon them. They didn't have the spirit of God within. You can say that they needed to be friends of God, but we now have the fullness of God. That day we are trying to please God. God is now pleased with us. All right, and you will be absolutely correct. Apart from the fact that you will discover that the need for intercession doesn't end in the old covenant. And we will see how our perfect high priest continues to model a need for intercession and how the spirit of God on your behalf, the believer, is committed still to the ministry of intercession. Somebody say glory to God. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 1. Are you a friend of God? Jeremiah 15 verse 1. Jeremiah 15 verse 1. Then said the Lord unto me, then said the Lord unto me. So this is the Lord speaking. He says, though Moses and Samuel stand before me, yet my mind could not be toward these people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. All right, we're not going to read Jeremiah 14. We're not going to read the rest of Jeremiah 15. The whole idea is not the issue that was on ground here. The reason why we are reading this scripture is that the, this is a figure of speech. It's almost like hyperbole, saying that if when you are talking of standing in the gap to get results, it's saying, look at Moses, look at Samuel. These are the poster, these are the gold, golden, all right, standards. These are the, these are the, these are the, the, the excellent epitomes, all right, of, of, of intercession there. And God is saying that, see, this matter, my mind is made up on this. If you brought Moses, if you brought Samuel, but the light there is that Moses and Samuel did successful and they did meaningful intercession and they saw results. Why did they see results? Because these ones were friends of God. These ones leveraged intimacy, leveraged intimacy. So we'll look at Moses, we'll look at Samuel, we will look at Abraham, we will look at Paul, we will look at Jesus, all right? And then we will look at the common denominators that span across the old covenant into the new covenant. And how you, how myself, how we as a people also can begin to produce results and avert destruction and see salvation happen in our times because our intercession is successful, because we have leveraged on relationship. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 18, verse 16 and 17, and then we'll jump to verse 22. Genesis chapter 18. And the men rose up from thence. So if you read from the beginning, you will see that Abraham had received a visitor or had received visitors, pardon me. He had hosted his visitors and he had received confirmation of the promise. All right, so the matter appeared to have been done. 
And now it leads to this conversation. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that which I do? Now, this is one of the benefits of this level. I'm not talking of just a cordial. I'm not talking of just a basic. I'm not talking of a religious relationship with the Holy Spirit. But once you begin to unlock this realm of intercession and you find yourself to be someone who unlocks intimacy regularly, all right? Because someone is listening to this and saying, why do I need to be a friend of God when God resides in me? You are right, all right, all right, but there is a dimension of what you are saying that is also not right. The Bible tells us, in, and this is way out of my notes, but I can feel someone's faith struggling to receive this. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the opportunity for salvation there is made available for the world. He says that whosoever, all right, that is the plan in God. The Bible tells us that the veil has been torn, access has been granted. In as much as access has been granted, there's going to be a need to decide and to come in. As he tells us in Romans 10, there is a believing with the heart, there is a confession with the mouth. That is how we plead the blood as it were in the new covenant. All right, so I hear you when you say all of that. Apart from the fact that the invitation to come is different from a decision to come. One, a decision to come is different from a decision to stay and to dwell. A decision to stay and to dwell is different from a decision to remain a living sacrifice. Those are levels of consecration that are not automatic in the believer. Those are levels of consecration that, yes, we all have access. Yes, we are all sons of God. Yes, we all believe in Jesus. Yes, we are all reckoned to be saved. Yes, we have received the gift of salvation by grace through faith. Yes, we are established in him. Yes, we have received eternal life. All right, but he's saying here that there are some who will take maximum advantage of this and they will decide not just to come in through the door, but they will decide to stay. They will dwell. They've learned the, the tenets of a secret place to, to dwell and abide there. And there are those who don't just dwell, but they've learned the, the, the essence of being a living sacrifice, which is complete lordship and saying, I am not here for me. I am here for you to do your bidding. And that is what we see in Genesis 18, 17. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? What will make divinity see value in communing with humanity? There is no level of basis for instruction. It was God that asked Job. When Job and his friends were, they were waxing lyrical and going all philosophical. And God says, oh, it seems that you guys think you know one or two things. And he sat them down and said, tell me, where were you when the foundations of the earth were being laid? Where were you when the, the dimensions were set? Where the pillars and the boundaries were defined? Where things were called into existence? Where atoms, all right, and particles at their pre-existent level were decided upon? When the angels and the sons of God were fashioned? When things were spoken into, where were you? But the God of the universe comes here and says, there's something I want to do. Will I hide it from my friend? Will I hide it from my friend? Let's jump down to verse 22. To verse 22. And let me tell you, this is very valid today. The Spirit of God desires to have conversations with you. But many of us, I don't know if you've seen persons like that before. It's not like they are not having a conversation. But the conversation is just them talking about themselves. It's meant to be a meet and greet. Or even if it's someone trying to help your destiny. Since I know someone just made up just a date, just one date. And they go for the date. 
Aye, aye. What do you like? What do you like? Instead of you to sit down, relax, try to know the person. Oh, I am this. I went to this. I went to McMaster. This from McMaster. I went to U of T. My favorite food is plantain. I love brown. I love black. I love yellow. I this, this, this. I love the iPhone. I don't like Android. People look at use Android. I funny. This, 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 this. What do you think? You like downtown? You like country living? What do you think about rises, apartments, townhouse? Do you want a farm? Do you want a pet? The person is just like shook. You, you, don't, you don't even know me yet. I am just there running off, running off. Child of God, the Spirit of God desires to have intimate conversations with you and also desires to be the one leading the conversations, telling you about the will, the mind of the Father. Yes, there is a place for you to come with your own conversations. And the men turned their faces from men and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near, verse 23 now, and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there be fifty righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are daring? Verse 25, thou be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? What do we see here? We see here that there was friendship here. There was friendship here. Abraham considered himself a friend of God. God considered himself a friend of Abraham. Can you see the conversation here? I don't know. Many of you can agree with me. And in this age of social media, you have friends who think you are their friends but you know they are not your friends. There is a relationship that exists in their mind. It's in limbo. You guys are just, but you know you are not. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Will I do this thing and hide it from my friend? What God was saying is that <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a relationship with this guy. We talk regularly. He knows the secret place. If tomorrow he just sees fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, it will come. Now, it's not as though you will question God. This is why we need to understand the, how this intimacy thing works. Abraham will show up and say, God, what happened? Where was your mercy? Where was your... And we're going to come to this shortly. So Abraham is the first example that we see him negotiating on someone who was really deserving in human terms of what was coming to them. I hope, I know we have a wide audience and I shouldn't assume prior knowledge but for those who might not be familiar with the story of Abraham, Abraham had a nephew by the name called Lot who had lived with him for a while and God had prospered them. Abraham was prospered, Lot was prospered. The prosperity became too much for both of them to share a space and Abraham said it's time to move on. Now Abraham had taken Lot as his own child in quote nurtured him and grown him well as we see evidenced in scripture, Abraham came and said, Let, it, is not, it is not right for us to continue to have this discord amongst ourselves. He said, look at the land, it's before us. You pick a side. If you go to the west, I'll go to the east. If you go to the east, I'll go to the west. Now, what should a proper person do and say, ah, who am I to choose? You, you go ahead and choose, wherever you choose. Lot was like, are you kidding? Are you sure? Uncle Abi, Uncle Abi, are you sure? Abraham said, yes, I'm sure. Lord said, are you kidding? You must be kidding. Yes, I'm sure. How? And he looked. He scoped the land. He saw the green land. He was thinking about everything that worked well. He was looking with his, with his eyes. 
And there's big lessons there to learn. There's big lessons. This is, this is what people will call when you put your hand in the fire. It will do what? It will cool your hand. Is that what happens? No. So Abraham had reasons to say, oh, Sodom, hmm. I didn't know you noticed them also. I didn't know you noticed the things I hear from there. Terrible. And that young man, Lot, he was surrounded with wisdom, but he refused to be wise. He grew up in my house, saw me waking up at 5 a.m. to pray. You see how I smuggle 5 a.m. into every glory to God. You must wake up. <laughs> hey, you will wake up. Some of you will, will, will wake up and you will pray throughout. We will stop at 6, you will continue. You, don't, you can't even believe it as I'm saying. You say, not me. Yeah, we are waiting for you. We are interceding on your behalf. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Mm. So Abraham here was able to overlook his need to see recompense. Over need, overlook his need to see Lot being burnt. And he says, God, you will not do this. Started negotiating, leveraging on his relationship. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 7. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 7. Art not, Second Chronicles 20 is one we love to read a lot. This is the story about Jehoshaphat, all right, and the encounter at the valley of Baraka. But look at this statement. Art not thou our God? Wouldest drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend forever. Reckoning here, many years after he was gone, that this patriarch walked with God. He didn't walk with God as slave, as servant, but there was intimacy, there was friendship there. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 8 says the same thing. It is even captured in the new covenant, the same thing. Isaiah 41 verse 8. But thou Israel art my servant, Jacob whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham my friend. This is the prophet speaking in the voice of God, reckoning Abraham to be my friend. James chapter 2 verse 23. James chapter 2 verse 23. The same, the same concept there. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. He was called the friend of God. He believed God. He believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness and it was called the friend of God. Child of God, I've come to challenge you today. I know we live under the new covenant. I know we have a covenant that is based on better promises. I know we have access directly to the throne room. But can you reckon yourself? Number one, remember there are two ways to this. You can say, he's my friend, Opid, he's my friend. We went to the same school. I know his middle name. You don't even know two of his middle names. I know his birth date. I know his favorite color. I know his current phone. I know his phone number by heart. All right, midnight on his birthday, I'm the first to call him even before his wife. You can claim to know all of those things. But yes, you in your mind, he's your friend. He might even be your best friend. But are you his friend? Are you his friend? Social media has redefined friendship. Some of you just today, you've sent out friend invites to strangers. Just today, you've accepted people you don't know. And he calls them friends. And then you feel good. Because you have 5,000 friends. And out of these 5,000 friends, 3,000 of them like your pictures. So it provides a false feel good for you. You know, you know you are blessed when you have real friends. And I pray for you that God will give you solid relationships. In the mighty name of Jesus. And that God will make you also a solid pillar of a friend. In the name of Jesus. Blessed art thou if thou hast good friends. In an age where there's a lot of fake out there. 
a lot of faith out there. So we see Abraham there showing us a picture of how intercession is done. We'll, we'll tie the common string um, very shortly. Let's look to Moses. Let's go to Moses. Remember what we read in Jeremiah 15 verse 1? God said that even if Moses, even if Samuel, that means there is something these guys know. If you want to enjoy intercession, you have to study them, pick out the lessons. Pick out the lessons and then, all right, distill these, these principles and you also will see results there. Exodus 32 from verse 7 to 11. If there's anything I want you to pay attention to in all of these stories, it would seem as though the judgment coming or the destruction coming was deserved. Child of God, never, never accept the temptation to play the role of judge. There is nobody you know who is going through whatever they are going through who deserves to, to go through that, irrespective of how much they have brought it upon themselves and its consequences. That is because all of us have done things that we also deserve, but that mercy did not permit to come, on our, come to us. All right, the only version of mercy that these ones can enjoy, even at moments when they are not even sober or when they don't even think they need. Look at look at the story we just read. It was business as usual in Sodom. It was business as usual in Gomorrah. They were busy doing their things. In fact, when the angels entered into town, they were still so so frivolously perverted that they wanted to have sexual relations with the angels. They, as far as they were concerned, nothing was wrong. They didn't see destruction coming. They didn't rate God. They didn't rate him. If there was anyone who would have agreed that judgment was fit for Sodom and Gomorrah, it should have been Abraham. But he stood in the gap there. I know Lot hasn't behaved well to me, but my role as an intercessor is to avert the reason why I have this relationship. Part of the reason is to leverage on this access to bring deliverance, even when it is deserved. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down for thy people which thou brought. <laughs> Glory to God. This is our friend's talk. This is our friend's talk. Was, wait, you guys, let's look at this together. Where was Moses when God called him? Was the guy not chilling in Egypt, enjoying life as a prince, when something began to stare in his heart and he went to go and kill somebody? And from there he ran to Midian, 40 good years there in isolation. He thought, like, I, 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 I finally moved on. I've run away from God's purpose for my life. He, that was his conclusion. You know, he, he, he believed now. My, I might have delivered on my destiny, but my current job description is shepherd. And he was shepherding faithfully for 40 years. That's a lesson for someone. You've not escaped God's plan for your life yet. You might not have started now, but God has not chosen someone else. He has decided that you are going to be the deliverer to that family. You are going to be the deliverer to that city. You are going to be the deliverer. Some of us just believe God has moved on. It's 2021. It's just plenty and progress we are looking forward to now. God has moved. God has forgotten. He has not forgotten. He had an encounter with the burning bush. One day, his entire life was about to change forever. And God said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. After fighting, making excuses, eventually said yes. Went to Egypt, displayed the wonders of God. We know the story. And then look at them here now. God said, the people that you, Moses, you. He says, go down. The people that you brought out from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. I'm sure Moses was wondering, what's, what's God saying? Who brought them out? Who, who can even bring them out? Who am I? Let's go on to verse 11. They have turned aside very quickly. Out of the way which I commanded them, they have made them a molten calf 
and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be the gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen these people and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. That means they are stubborn, stubborn people. Now therefore, now listen to this. Now therefore, let my wrath, now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them and I will make of thee a great nation. Now look at that. Look at that. We'll come to that shortly. All right, I want you to pay attention to these verses. We will come back and, and, and tie everything together shortly. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does thy wrath wax out against your people? Can you see what Moses is doing there? Your people, which you brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Moses is saying, God, they are not mine. They are very much yours. It was you who brought them out. You're the one who has great power. You are the one who has a mighty hand. I have, I have, I, all I said to you was to say yes. All I went was to talk to, to, to Pharaoh and to say, Let me, all I had to do was to stretch my rod a few times. I saw great wonders, but it was you all along who brought us out. Moses negotiated there. And verse 14, Exodus 32 verse 14. Exodus 32 verse 14. It says, I, I, I need you to underline this verse. Child of God, there is power in your intercession, even if the judgment is deserved. Even, I need, me to, I need you to hear this. There is a dimension of human existence. We like it when people get burnt. He proposed to me. He wasted five years of my life. Five good years of my life. May the God I serve deal with him. Hey, that is not the spirit that you have. And then shortly you heard that, oh, he, he has this, he's going through this. There, there is a part of you that wants to say, hmm, hmm. But the intercessor on you will say no, even if he is deserving, even if she is deserving, even if they are deserving. I know they hurt me, but even if they are deserving of what is coming, I have access that they do not have. I have, I have a place that they, they, they do not have. All right, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And based on the access I have, I have been sent ahead to be a deliverer for them, even though they didn't see it as such. Verse 14 is a powerful, it's a powerful concept in scripture that God repented. It's in your Bible. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. That verse, that verse, really, if, if the Bible was not written by an inspiration of the Spirit, these are some of the verses you want to take out. Because if you are, if you are analyzing sovereignty and you are analyzing deity, this doesn't sound like what a God should do. This doesn't sound god godish, but it is very godly. Someone needs to write that down. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Why? Because Moses entreated the Lord. Moses, a, a man, stood in the gap, entreated the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's see one more example from the old covenant before we switch into the new covenant. Another example, are you a friend of God is the conversation today. Are you a friend of God? I think for those of us who are born again, the, the real question is not, are you a friend of God? The questions we know, all right, by virtue of the access we have by the blood of Jesus, that we are no longer enemies of God. We have peace with God. All right, having peace with God, in fact, we are one with him. We are now born of God. 
So the conversation of enmity is already off the table. The conversation about friendship there is saying, are you leveraging on the access you have? Are you leveraging on the access you have? Are you leveraging on the access that you have? Are you, child of God, I know you speak in tongues, but are your tongues producing results in the lives of those around you? I know you have access to the throne room. When you pray, everyone answers. Whose lives have been impacted because you prayed? Yes, we are grateful for your husband, grateful for your wife, grateful for your ministry. But like I read a quote somewhere, it says, it, whose, whose world has changed because of the answers to your prayer, your own prayer? whose world has changed. They may not know. In their wildest dreams, they might not trace some events to you, but you know right there that you've made yourself available with a heart that is genuinely open, flowing with compassion to allow the Spirit of God have complete way. And, and, and I feel a need to chip this in now. Once the Lord sees that your heart is right, that you do not wish any form of, 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 of vengeance, you do not wish any, any form of hostile thoughts towards anyone then the spirit of god begins to do intercessions through you all right leads you to pray in the spirit with a with with a logistical excellence that you and i cannot boast of what i mean to say is that there are many issues many matters that we will not be careful enough or we will not be logistically careful or meticulous enough to itemize before the father but as we stay there and we tarry and we begin to pray in the language of the Spirit, the Spirit of God begins to lay matters on our hearts that need somebody to co-sign, somebody on the earth to authorize it, somebody to make power available, all right? And you can be that voice, even though you've not said a name, even though the Spirit of God just brings a person on your heart and you do not know the specifics. So you pray in the language of the Spirit, trusting the Spirit of the Lord to handle the specifics. Someone is saying, if the Spirit of God knows the specifics, why can't the Spirit of God just fix it? Why do I need to show up? It's because we have been called to be joint heirs. We've been called to operate priesthood. We've been called to legitimize the interference of everyone on this side of humanity. We've been called to be change agents in this kingdom that things will go into existence or things will go into extinction because we decided to operate our office or we decided not to. Somebody say glory to God. And the Lord repented. What is scripture? The Lord repented. The Lord changed his mind. He changed his mind. Changed his mind. Samuel was another powerful intercessor. Interceded for the people of Israel. But one of the people Samuel had a particular soft spot for was someone who there was no use having a soft spot for. I don't know if you know people like that. You just love them. They don't, they themselves, they don't love them. And they don't love you loving them. So it's like, why are you wasting your love? Except that you cannot stop loving them. And you know that that affection you feel to them is not because they are lovable. But it's just because there's, a, there's, a, there's an intercessory burden that has been placed on your heart. Samuel felt that kind of connection. And I'm sure he always thought of the early days. This young, tall, fit, kingly looking guy who the Lord in his mercies appointed to be the leader of his people. This one who had severe self-esteem issues. 
who despite prophecies and supernatural confirmations on the day of his glory went to hide himself. This one that I watched become, you know, grow up from a very, very timid coward to now one who is beginning to see how kingship works and beginning to lead God's people into victory. Samuel had a soft spot for Saul. He desired secretly, not just desiring secretly, but sought to it. Now, this is another dimension of intercession that we see. If it means to you, you will labor in it. If it's of value to you, you will labor in it. What do I mean by you will labor in it? And this is why the body of Christ, we have power. Our power is not in talk and our power is not in gossip. Glory to God. I remember a movie I was watching. I won't say the movie. Some of you might know it. It's a documentary about one of Nigeria's foremost drama ministries. So you already know how the ministry started. And it just reminded me of typical fellowship people behavior on campus. What we call gossip. Some people don't see it as gossip. They just see it as, you know, ways to gather prayer points. Let's know what is going on in people's lives so we know what to pray about. So you just come, hey, have you heard? Have you heard? That's how it starts. Have you heard? Do you know? Have you heard? Oh, do you know? Do you know? Did, did, did you hear? You say, hear what? Pastor, this. Oh, PD. Oh, yes. What happened? Ah. Those are the responses. They don't have... After whom then the uni- universal Christianities? Ah, it is well. Mm. It is well. Mm. Now, what happens next is the major. Listen to me. What happens next is the major difference between gossips and intercessors, because the way information comes to gossips is the way intercession comes to intercessors. What happens next if it's a gossip? A gossip is looking for the next person to tell. If it is an intercessor, an intercessor is looking for the next opportunity to table it before God and say, God, this is what I heard about your son. Your son has served you faithfully, X, Y, Z, 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 details. You are a God of mercy and I know you are a God of mercy. I come before your presence seeking mercy on behalf of this person. That's the, see, child of God, unless we are doing that, all of us, we are just glorified Christianist speaking gossips. If we are not taking the issues and the burdens of the people, oh, I heard this about this church, they are the brink of shutting down. Say, mm, I knew it. <laughs> and someone else says, no, 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 not on my watch. Not on my watch. They might have their faults, they might have their frailties, but I'm going on a three-day fast. On, on, unless there is something else that God in his infinite wisdom sees but if this is, this is, this, if this is judgment, no, 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 no. I'm going to stand in the gap. Now, this, this might be people who have said all sorts about you. All right? But the intercessor in you doesn't look at that. The intercessor in you doesn't rejoice in evil. The intercessor in you doesn't say, mm-hmm, no. The intercessor in you not just even does something casual. Well, God, deliver them. If it's in your will, if it's not in your will. <laughs> See, the mindset of the intercessor is not what will is to come out with deliverance. Is to come out with destruction averted. Is to come out and say, well, this is what was meant to happen, but because someone stood in the gap, this is now what is going to happen. That's the real goal of intercession. To stand in between and to ensure that evil is averted. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 10. Then the word of the Lord, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, it repented me. That I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. 
It says here, and it grieved Samuel. I don't know if the next line is in your Bible, but it is worth underlining. It grieved Samuel. That means it broke his heart. He looked at this guy. He looked at his journey, his track record. He says, and he cried unto the Lord all night. That right there, child of God, is the difference between a gossip and an intercessor. The information has come. This guy has misbehaved. I regret making him king. He's not following me. He's not keeping my instructions. He's not keeping my bidding. He's running his own agenda. You've heard news about that family. You've heard news about that brother. You've heard news about that sister. You've heard news about that young adult in the choir. You've heard gist, gist about what happened on campus. You've heard gist. You've heard information. Whether it's validated or it's not validated, your duty is not to transmit the lie. Your duty is not even to seek confirmation you are not a journalist you are not a newsroom your duty is to take the matter to god he says all night i read that scripture and i'm wondering all night entreating the face of god that god you called him do you remember when his father's donkeys were missing you remember i prophesied you remember he was the one you chose you chose him he interceded all night the strength of samuel's intercession was so strong but the depth of Saul's disobedience was also so strong. When you read that chapter and you see how it ends, it breaks a bit of your heart that Samuel, for once, in his intercession, did not, did not leave knowing that Saul will be restored. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Let's go to the new covenant. Let's go to the new covenant. I have Philippians on my screen. If you can give me Philemon, please. Philemon, not Philippians. Philemon chapter 1, verse 17 to 21. Philemon chapter 1. If you can, if you can't, it's fine. All right, we'll recount the story of the Apostle Paul who is writing on behalf of a runaway. A runaway who was deserving of punishment. And Paul says, Onesimus, you know me. You know me. I have access with you. I have relationship with you. And even if you don't have any basis to receive this guy back, for my sake, for my sake, for the debt that you owe me now, he's throwing his entire credibility on the line. Some of us in this part of the world might understand what this means. For those of you who own credit cards, sometimes the credit card company will call you and say you can add a co-user on this credit line now their credit score may be terrible it may be red it may be poor all right but you have a great credit rating there as it were you have access with the father and he says at no extra cost besides you authorizing it how do you authorize it there like samuel you tarry all night all right like esther you go on a three-day fast and you are demonstrating authorization there so that when the signature is being verified it's not just the casual mm, 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 mm. no 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 authorization there will come by a spiritual system of verification it, it takes tiring all night it takes fasting that is why as a church as a church part of the the the, the firewalls and and systems we have in place to prevent this, this spirit of strife and gossip that always, especially where there's growth and where there's joy, it always tries to creep in. Is that when anybody brings you gist about somebody, tell them, wow, this is a serious matter you brought up. I never knew PD could do this. In fact, a part of me finds it difficult to believe. All right, but you know what we are going to do? We are going to go on a three-day dry fast and we'll seek the Lord's mercy for PD. We'll seek the Lord's mercy. 
you will just discover, oh, oh okay, ah, you're too fast, okay. Mm. And that's the end. When they have another gist, they won't come your direction. Because what they are looking for is not solution. What they are looking for is they, some of some people don't know. They are on the payroll of accuser of the brethren. That is who credits the account. They are on payroll, accuser. The accuser has, has done to and fro. He's now chilling. He's now using people. Some of them believers doing free accusation work. Free. Free accusation work. If you come and tell me, oh, this is what PD said. This is what pastor said. This is what my cell pastor did. This is what they did. I'll tell you. And sincerely, I'm not saying to scare you. I will do it with you. We will go on a three-day fast. And we'll see God's mercy on the, mat- on the matter. Oh, this is what is happening. This place is about to be shut down completely. Everything has just gone topsy-turvy. Say, we will seek the mercy. We, we know it. we have his ears. Let's take the matter to 5 a.m. Woo! Glory to God. Don't worry, you guys. I told you, God of 5 a.m. is coming out soon. Watch out. Watch out. It's coming out soon. Glory to God. Okay, I have it on my screen. Philemon chapter 1. If thou count me therefore a partner, if you count me to be a friend, it says receive him as you would receive me. Verse 18. If he has wronged you or if he owes you, it says put it on my account. Put it on my name. Put it on my own credit score. It says I, Paul, I've written it with my own hand. I have authorized this and I will repay it. Albeit, I do not say to thee, how you too you owe me. Of course, we don't bring this dimension to God. He does, he owe us. He says, yes, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. And he says in verse 21, having confidence in your obedience. I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou will also do more than I say. You will do more than I say. Child of God, you are a believer. You have been called out. You are not vindictive. You are not, you've not been called to be vindictive. We are not keeping a track record of how many of your enemies have suddenly caught fire. No. When you receive news about that, you will still go and tarry there until the Spirit of God gives you peace on that matter. And he says, leave it. Leave it there, my mean mercy has prevailed. Leave it there, my means this, this, this is signed, sealed in the sovereign master plan. Trust me on this matter and rejoice. All right, but that we did not have a conversation. Look at Abraham. Sodom, yes, still destroyed. Gomorrah, yes, still destroyed. Lot, yes, was able to escape. Lot's wife had the opportunity to escape. Lot's sons in law to be, opportunity to escape. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, before we look at the commonalities, and remember, we have titled this, Are You a Friend of God? For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we know we already have access. But it doesn't start, stop at access. We build intimacy. We leverage access. We leverage access, all right, to build relationship. We leverage access to build relationship. I remember, and I say this with a big sense of, what's the word now? Humility. This was many years ago at a period in my life where I was very confused as to how my life will pan out and how things will, you know, I, I, I had attended um, Prayer Dome, KICC, for one of the programs and I just felt, well, since pastor is in, in, in town, let me just attempt, attempt to say hello, attempt to say hello and I just went to the waiting room and I saw people I saw people 
I saw people, lots of people in the waiting room after pastor had preached and preached and virtue had flown out of him. And I just looked in the room. I said, oh, all these people want to see pastor. I said, wow, wow. Well, I don't know if he's going to see all of us, but I'm here. And then a, a very nice um, um, lady in the office came and said, just fill in your name, why you want to see pastor, your name, why you want to. I just took... I, I, I do not want to exaggerate. We were almost 30 people in that room that day. And then all of us submitted our papers, and then she went in, and after some minutes came out and said, I, I'm sorry to inform you. Pastor is very, you know, he needs to rest. This, 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 he, he, sorry, cannot see you. All right, this, this, this. And she came out with just one paper. Sorry, Pastor, this, this, this. Just, so, um, as we're all about to get up, and if we dial, I just turned back, it was me. Now, if we are to judge people that should have been seen in that room based on stature, based on even reasons to see him, why, why was I going to see him? I wanted to greet him. If those other people had known that I was their access, maybe some of them would have shifted or would have treated me better. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, there was access, but the access has been leveraged, all right, to build relationship. What some people do with access is that they abuse it. And on the day that access is needed, there is no relationship built. So nothing can be done on the matter. Nothing can be done on the matter. Let me tell you, there are matters that will take you 10 solid hard years to get. And those same matters, depending on who speaks on your behalf, can be sorted in one minute by pressing the right button. And I pray for someone under the sound of my voice. Hearing intercession is triggering things in you. You know doors you've knocked for so long. It is my prayer that a voice of favor will arise and speak for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak prophetically into someone's life. Strangers will write powerful recommendations for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Hebrews chapter 7, as we begin to round up. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23 Hebrews chapter 7, verse 23. Hebrews 7, thank you. And there truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. The book of Hebrews is very solid. You cannot discuss priesthood in the new covenant without studying the book of Hebrews. One of the questions in our FAQ series is on priesthood. I'm going to try to push it to a teaching by itself where we will probably do a verse-by-verse verse study of the book of Hebrew, maybe two months. We'll go verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, and we will break it down. Do, do not assume that we can, we can break this down here. All right, it says that, but this man, now, when the authors of Scripture emphasize the man Jesus, or when Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, he's not saying he's not divinity, he's saying that he's reckoning that this action or these statements were done in the jurisdiction of him being human. So it tells us that this man, because he continued ever, he says he has an unchangeable priesthood. Essentially what he's saying here is that priesthood ends. It's just the way you take an oath or a covenant. It is usually till death do, do us part. Alright, so there is a dimension there that the holds and the terms, glory to God, the terms binding of this contract are only valid up until the point when death shows up. And it tells us here, but there is a priest whose priesthood is not done. I want you to follow me. His priesthood is not done. It says because it continues ever. 
and he has an unchangeable priesthood and he even goes on to tell you after what order this priesthood is. This is not after a Levitical order. This is not traced to the lineage of Aaron. But he says that this priesthood is under the lineage of Melchizedek. All right, where so you have a dimension of king priests, king priests, a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests. And we have our king of kings who is also our high priest. He says in verse 25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the utmost. He's able to save completely them that come unto God by him, seeing that he lives, all right, ever lives, ever lives to do what? To make intercession for them. He is able to see that these ones are saved to the uttermost. This is the master. Remember, he tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfect example of our faith. That if you are going to understand how things function in the kingdom, you are going to have to take a look at Christ. You are going to see how Christ exemplified this. And he tells us that the intercessory dimension of this high priest is a continuous one. He is not done. He is making intercession. He is able to save to the utmost. He says, seeing that he lives ever. It's a continuous activity there. And what is the goal there? To save completely. Somebody said to save completely. So when our intercession is done right... There is complete deliverance. There is escape. There is negotiation there that sees for victory. It might have been deserved. The judgment might have been deserved. The punishment might be a rightful consequence. But there is something called mercy. And an intercessor, a friend of God, who, are, who doesn't just have access, but has built relationship by the access, can come and secure victories. Glory to God. Glory to God. So what is common in this in these great examples we've seen in scripture we've seen abraham interceding on behalf of sodom and gomorrah we've seen moses interceding on behalf of the israelites who had who were fresh out of idol worship fresh he said there was so much revelry if you read that scripture well it's a terrible description king james tries to quote it and quote it quote it what they did there was they they reproduced Egypt's demonic worship. That was what they did. It was, it was, read your Bible. You will see what was going on there. It was terrible. It, it, there was a dimension of revelry. It was deep. All right. If you, it's your Bible, that's why I'm not saying it out. It was, re, it was really bad. It was so bad that as Moses came and he was speaking, some people could not hear him. So imagine what sort of state they were in. Some of them were in trances. They, they are taking substances and they were high. Some of them were in the midst of, of, of perverted sexual practices. And in the space of how many minutes? It was so terrible, but Moses was still able to stand in the gap and secure mercy. We heard about Samuel who went there and said, God, Saul's matter, I know you're almost done with him. But Samuel the prophet stood in the gap all night, all night, not gossiping, not saying, hmm, ah, not, not, doing, not doing various mood changes. He's saying, no, I will take this matter to God. I'll seek his message. Perhaps there is a way. Perhaps there is a route of escape. Perhaps there are prophecies that have gone ahead of us as a nation. Prophecies that have gone ahead of us as a ministry. We stand in the gap to see to it. To see to it. Fulfillment. We read about Paul there writing a personal guarantee. Literally telling Onesimus, put the credit on me. Use my score. Put the credit on me. Use my score. And then we read our perfect example, Christ. He says he's able to save to the uttermost. Completely, those that come to God by him. 
seeing that he forever lives to make intercession for them. Let's tie this up now. What are the commonalities? The, because of our time, we'll just look at three. Three strings that show that this relationship has entered friendship status. If, if it's worth noting, child of God, not everybody is your friend. Our world uses that word very loosely. Yes, they are your colleague. Doesn't mean they are your friend. You went to school together. Doesn't mean they are your friend. You okay. Someone said, move on. You attend the same church. Doesn't mean they are your friend. You are in the same cell group. Doesn't mean they are your friend. Friendship is not a day one thing. You can have lust at first sight. You can have love at first sight. Friendship is built. Friendship is built. Friendship is built. Mm. You see, my friend, one of my friends, one of my friends, we just use it casually, loosely. So are you a friend of God? I'm not talking to Facebook friend. I'm not saying you have God on your list, no. Do you talk to him? Okay, you say he's his friend. Let's go and ask him. Are you his friend? Do you know his favorite color? Do you know his best food? He, there, there was a leap in my heart. Now when we just talk about best food. Best food. Best food. You know what he likes? You know what he likes in the morning when you wake up? I say, precious Holy Spirit, I adore you. I bring him sacrifices of your lips. Three strings that we can see as commonalities between these great intercessors, both in the Old and the New Covenant, that allow them to see results. Number one is that they were never in doubt of their own right standing. They were never in doubt of their own right standing. They were never the man who is co-signing a form saying, use my credits, cannot not be sure of his own credit score. You are not sure. <laughs> it's like a blind person trying to lead the blind. All right? They were never, including in the old covenant, they were never in doubt of their own right standing. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. If you are going to be a successful intercessor that is bringing results that is due for friends, results that is due for friends, not casual professional results here, not, not transactional results, but results that we know that normally speaking, this should have taken X amount of time, but because someone leveraged their relationship, they are saying it will take us 10 years to study and to be sure that this is the right person for us. He says, but I can bring my credibility on the line and I can put a stamp on it. If they misbehave, put it on me. I have given you my word. I am issuing a lifetime validation, lifetime recommendation. I am going to be referenced. This is not reference with caveats. This is not saying, I've only known this person. However, I reluctantly recommend them. No, you'll be shocked what people write in reference letters. Some are better not written. It's better to say, I'm not sure I should be the one writing this for you. Will you kindly look for someone else to do it? It's better. And to pick a form and start writing, they can be hardworking sometimes, but most times they are very lazy. Has no sense of accountability and doesn't know how to take initiative. However, there is a willingness to learn. Therefore, I recommend them to work in. Is that, is that a recommendation? Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Friends that will see results in intercession have no... What I'm saying here is that they are absolutely sure. 
We did a teaching on that a couple of months ago. They're absolutely sure. They have no, 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 there are no question marks on them, which is why it, it's as though someone who, pardon this example, but someone whose job description is essentially to, you've been a staffer of a legislator, you've been a staffer of a senator, you've been a staffer in an MP's office, and you've come close to the corridor of power. You've built relationships. And now you have a consulting firm that essentially does legal lobbying. Legal lobbying. All right? You know that your greatest assets will remain the links you have to those in power. Those will be your greatest assets. Such that anything that puts a comma on that access already demystifies your entire existence. Your, your value proposition comes crumbling down because people know that no matter how nice you can draft a proposal... There is only one reason why it will pass this stage, if you know someone there. The country I'm from, they, they call it leg. 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 It says if you are going to bring results, there will be no question mark on your own right standing. Romans 5, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, being made righteous by faith, we have peace with God. Someone just say, I have peace with God. I am a friend of God. I have peace with God. Come on, say it boldly like you mean it. I have peace with God. I have been justified by faith. I have been declared righteous. We have peace with God. Truth, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 is deep. I love this. It says, whom also we have access. Somebody say access. This is what is required for successful intercession. We have access. We can come in by faith into this grace wherein we do what? We stand. Can you see that? It's a posture of assurance. We stand. I'm not coming here to wonder, oh, will my call be picked? Will my call not be picked? I know once I dial on, on the first ring, on the first ring, this phone will be, this call will be picked up. And so on, if only we've been trying to, you know, we've been trying to reach this person. Something happened. How can I say this in a way that you will not really get it? I have nothing wrong with you getting it, praise God. So I'll, I'll just say the details fully so that those that will get it will get it. When it was time for us to celebrate our first year anniversary as a church, I was just praying and I said, the Lord, who will, who will release a prophetic word into our life that will launch us into the next season? And I received the confirmation of who we should invite. Now, this is no longer mystical or prophetic. You can literally just search and who did we invite for our first year um, anniversary. All right. And, and once I got the confirmation, discussed with the leaders, told them, I said, let's reach out to him. And so I reached out to him and he said, oh, sure. I said, it's going to be a pleasure. I'm going to come. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, sir. And that was it. And we printed flyers and it was everywhere. And weeks after that, someone called me. I said, Pastor Dyer, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing very fine. So I saw your flyer, your program is coming up. Congratulations. I said, glory to God. Pastor said, I saw your guest speaker. Is he coming? I didn't, I didn't understand the question. It was not yet the time. I said, what do you mean by is he coming? He said, is he going to come? I said, well, we invited him and he said yes. So I believe he's going to come. I said, if I may ask, why, why are you saying so? I said, oh, we've been trying, we've been trying to reach him. We've been trying so, long, so hard for years to, to get him to come. He says, how did you invite him? Ah, I couldn't tell the person how. Because if I should say how, it, it even pain them more. We didn't write a letter in case someone is wondering. <laughs> Glory to God. Somebody say access. Somebody say access. 
And, and let me just chip this in. When, when you have access, do not abuse access. Never abuse access. Never, ever, if you do not honor grace that you have access to, it will just be access. There will be no release into your life. I remember the same man of God I speak of. I was going to see him one day in church. I went there. It was for a, They were in the middle of a prayer meeting. I stayed for the prayer meeting. It was a very tough and busy period of my life. But I could sense God saying that you didn't just come here to see him. You've come here to receive something. So the first day I went. Part, second day I went. Third day I went. It was towards the end of a week long or month long prayer. I'm not very sure. And I think it was the last day. It was an anointing service. Anointing service. And he announced that day after the prayer. said, the Lord has told me to personally anoint you know most times ministers we just bless the oil pass it to associates and then anoint the people which is very effective do not get me wrong but on this day said the lord has laid it on my heart to lay hands on everybody if you have to go home you can go if you want to wait you can wait ah I said, this is what i've come for now although i could go to his office and kneel down and say lay hands on me that is private it won't demonstrate honor i'm not saying it won't be effective but it was anointing publicly i think the cameras were there and there were people in the church who knew me this is pastor Dio. From KICC. People might be watching on video and we will now tell him to come and join the queue to come and be anointed. No, 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 no. So Anosha came. said, Pastor, are you going to join? <laughs> I said, I've waited. <laughs> you don't know why I'm here. I mean, I know why I'm here. Thank you. God bless you. Another Anosha came. I said, Pastor, God bless you, sir. I said, thank you. So are you going to join? I said, people don't understand. Bring a million cameras. Bring them. Bring a million. I got there, went on my knees. I, re- I know what I received. I know what I received. I didn't say, oh, no, I have access. I have access. I know him. I can call him. You can call him. You can even say, humble man, he will lay hands. Nothing will flow. Access with honor. Glory to God. So, so intercessors that will operate as friends and will see results have no doubt about their right standing. Child of God, settle this. You have access by faith. What that also means is that you yourself cannot begin to meddle with what those you are standing on the gap for are struggling with. You, you, have, you do not have the luxury to taste the gap. What I'm saying is that if you are going to stand in the gap, then you cannot be yourself tasting garlic from Egypt. You cannot secretly desiring ginger and cucumber some people know what i'm talking you know what ginger and cucumber is you know i know you know and if you don't know the spirit of god will show you what it is (laughs) glory to god that's the number one string we see there the number one string what made abraham solid there he was sure i have my own right standing i can go before his presence moses was sure i can talk to him god says your people he says no they are your people Samuel, they can stay all through the night Paul, they can write to, 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 to Onesimus on behalf of Philemon and say, no, 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 no. I know, I know you. I know you. I know, I know he's guilty. Guilty as charged. All right, but on my own credit. And we have our own perfect high priest who forever lives. Forever lives. Glory to God. The number two string there, that intercessors will leverage on friendship and see results. The number two thing you see there is that these People are completely selfless and they have no personal ambitions. Completely selfless and zero personal ambitions. Completely selfless and zero personal vendetta ambitions. 
No personal vendetta, no, no, no secret vindictiveness, no coded, oh, well, you know, it might just be the will of God that God should slap them. Secret desire. This person is in a coma. My father slapped them. I was the one praying at 12 midnight. What, what time did the coma come? No. These, these guys are completely selfless and no personal ambition. Let me tell you what I mean by personal ambition. If, if indeed, if indeed, Abraham decided not to stand in the gap, judgment would have come on the entire Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot and his family. Remember what will come out of Lot and the incest that his daughters organized, and the ancestry of the Ammonites and the Moabites. It's in your Bible, all right? But that was a product of Abraham's intercession and his desire not to want any personal gain. But the emphasis I want to show us here is Moses. You know one of the offers God made to Moses in this discourse, as we saw in Exodus chapter 32. One of the offers God made, <laughs> it's interesting, one of the offers God made to Moses is that, Moses, I want to do a new thing with you. Thank you. I want, to, I, I, I want to do a new thing with you. Exodus chapter 32, verse 13. Exodus 32, verse 13. I want us to look at it together. God is saying, remember Abraham. I'm sure even before Moses remembered Abraham, he remembered Adam. He remembered the first man. And now God said, be fruitful, multiply. How do I know that Moses knew this? Because he wrote Genesis, Exodus, all right, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He wrote the first five books, all right. So he, he was intimated with these matters by the Spirit of God. So he, he knew about Adam. He knew about the first fall. He knew about Noah. And now God started a new tribe with Noah. After a people who were unrepentant and were deserving of this, this destruction. Now God is saying, hey, hey, throw back Moses, throw back. I have a covenant with Adam. I renewed my covenant with Noah. I established my covenant with Abraham, with Isaac. All right. He says, thy servants to whom thou swearest by thine own self and said to them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed and they shall inherit it forever. God was literally selling a proposition to Moses. Let's destroy these guys and start a new nation with you. Moses did as if he did not hear. He's saying, God, this is not about a new nation. This is not about me. This is not about me being recorded in the annals of history. You know, some people, their personal ambition will not allow them to see tomorrow. Everything is extremely selfish and extremely short-sighted. What will happen now? What can I get today? What deals can I secure for myself? Even if it's going to destroy my wife, if it's going to destroy my husband, if it's going to bring a bad reputation to my children for life, as far as I can get what I want, that's the thinking of many, but that's not the thinking of champions. Zero personal ambition. Zero personal vent. There was no... God says, let's start new with you. Moses unlooked. He said, God, this judgment, you won't bring it. What will, what will... And started invoking the covenant. And that leads me to the third point. That leads me to the third point. That leads me to the third point. I don't know if it's on your screen. James 5, 16. That leads me to the third point. Number one, no doubt of their own right standing. No doubt of their own right standing. No doubt of their own right standing. You can write down James 5, 16 if you are taking notes. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great powerful and has great power, pardon me, and produces wonderful results. 
the earnest, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So number one, these, these people were friends of God. And by friends of God, I'm not saying that they are not, not, on, not, not enemies, if you get what I mean. You saw in Romans 5 verse 1, we have been justified. We have peace with God. We are no longer reckoned as enemies of God. We are part of his family. But what do we do with that access? We build friendship. We build friendship. We build friendship there. And we are sure of our right standing. It allows us to do successful intercession. We have zero personal. If you have personal ambition, if you secretly desire vendetta and vengeance, you will not see intercession work. And number three, lastly, as we cover for this night, they have an understanding of God's character and they always speak to God's covenant and to God's word. God's covenant and to God's word. Exodus 32 and verse 25. God's covenant and God's word. God's covenant and God's word. Abraham there said, shall the judge of the old earth, shall he not judge righteously? He's saying, I know you. This is what you stand on in the place of intercession. I know you. You are a God of mercy. I know you. You are a God of mercy. I know you. You are good and you are compassionate. You are full of mercy. I know you. This is your nature. You see, it's only friends that know nature. Only friends can speak to character. He's saying, God, I know your character. These people don't know you. I know you that you are a God of mercy. I know you. I can speak to that, that you are a merciful God. Abraham can show up and say, you are a righteous judge. Moses can say, you are a merciful God. You brought out these people with great power. You will not allow the nation say you brought them out to destroy them in the wilderness. Samuel there was able to say that I know you are a merciful God. I know that you can reconsider. I know that you can reconsider. Paul there is able to say, God, I know you are merciful. I know you are all high priest confidently ever making intercession based on the covenant based on the covenant the strength of a covenant and the strength of his word this is who you are this is what you said show mercy show your show mercy I know they were wrong I know they were wrong I know they were out of line all right but you are a merciful God none of us have stood in line enough to deserve any of your grace Therefore, your grace that was able to atone and bring me to this place, this stature with you, it can bring them to. Child of God, are you a friend of God? Or if I am to rephrase it, if indeed you are born again, I know you have access. Are you leveraging access to bring preservation to your world? Or are you using this access only to secure things for you and for your household? Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's just take a minute and say, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word to us. What God's word does, it, it exposes us to ourselves. Like a clear, perfect mirror in perfectly bright light, you begin to see yourself. And you say, Father, thank you first for your word. Thank you for your mercy. And then you begin to say, thank you for access that I have. I have a pass. A past that I take for granted, but many lives and destinies are dependent on this. I receive grace to build this relationship. Some of you, there is prophetic clarity. There's visions and dreams. There's words of knowledge and manifestations of the gift that you are meant to be operating at to bring deliverance. Not just because you are to be installed as a God in these people's lives, no. But it is savor. It is, it is, it is, you are playing a salt role, even as a church. That there is a salt dimension to our existence there. There is a salt dimension to our existence there. I say, Father, thank you for this access that I have. 
I do not take it for granted that I am redeemed by the blood, that I have peace with God, that I am not an enemy, that I can come into your throne. Esther desired that the king will bring and show forth a favorable sign that means coming. <clears throat> but we have a king who is not waiting to depend on some mood to decide whether he will show forth his signet or he will bring up his scepter. No, he says we can come boldly. Come on, someone say thank you, Jesus, for access. Thank you because you call us friends. You call us friends and you mean what you say. You call us friends, not acquaintances, not servants, not slaves, but you reckon us as friends and you invite us to intimacy with you. Thank you for a supply of your grace because we will arise, we will wake up, if not for anything, for the sake of the lives connected to us, for the sake of the nations connected to us, for the sake of the cities connected to us, for the sake of the destinies connected to us. We will arise and will begin to le leverage, leverage on access in the spirit. I will bring deliverance, prophetic insights, words in season, clear dreams and prophecies, clear interpretations that we hear of things happening at our left, things happening to our right, and we can say, oh God of mercy, that we can arise and avert judgments, that we can bring flavor to our world. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. The more you are his friend, the more you know his character. The way to know his character is to obsessively consume his word and to stay in his presence. If you are going to do intercession right, if you are going to have, as it were, a bank account that your world can withdraw from because of you, if you are going to co-sign for your sibling that is not yet born again, for your colleague, for that boss that is obviously diabolical and occultic, you know if you rain fire on them, you are in the right. You are, you are convinced. But you are hearing a message like this and you are saying, I can release God's mercy. I can release God's mercy on this situation. I can pray and intercede for their salvation. Light has come. Light has come. I want to pray for two groups of people this evening before we close the service. Two, just two groups. The first is you know you have no access. You do not know Christ. You have no relationship with the Father. If there's anything you will leave this evening with, this is the crux of it. Access. 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 I am saying, well, I would have loved to, 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 to say yes. But I'm probably not the kind of person that God forgives. I hear his standards are so high. I hear he doesn't condone sin. I hear he's too holy to behold iniquity. I hear that he's, 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 he's holy. He's, he's a righteous, perfect God. I, I don't think I'm the kind of person that can meet up to that standard. And I've come to tell you none of us can. None of us can. We've, well, some have tried it and they've come to the conclusion we can't. But there's someone who can and who has is met that standard for you. But he's saying there that there is a group policy that we have to bring you under. But bringing you under will require you signing some documents. The documents you sign with your lips and with your heart. This blood is shed already, but you need to put it on your doorpost. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. And that is the invitation I have for someone under the sound of my voice this evening. You don't have to continue your sin. You don't have to continue on the path to destruction. In fact, God is raising you. God is raising you. God is raising you. God is raising you. 
I was recently reading about the story of the conversion of Pastor Yongi Cho, who would later pastor in their church. I think I, the last time I checked, 750,000 active members doing wonders in the kingdom. The latest, I think my wife checked, almost 800,000 people. If you read the story of how he got born again, it was age 17, about to die. Severe tuberculosis. Faithful Buddhists, they're doing his meditation and hoping that some God in the universe will show up for him. He said it was a schoolgirl who would come and preach to him every day. Stay by his side and cry. Don't die in your sins. Reluctantly. He said, none of my Buddhist colleagues have even cared enough to cry. This one crying, let me even take this Bible she has. And then he started reading. He found Jesus. Just one soul. Look at the fruit of that ministry. It was someone that led Raynan Bonke to Christ. It was someone that led Billy Graham to Christ. Child of God, I'm, I'm here to tell you, you, you might look like you're just one person. Why would God arrange a whole service? Because of me. <laughs> I'm saying there are nations in you. There are nations that you carry. You might not look like it now. And some of you will remember this moment and say it was February in 2021. It was even a virtual service. We were not in person. I said yes to Jesus. But look at what God has produced through me. I've become an effective intercessor. I've become an effective soul winner. See, see how much God has drawn through me. I got to say, that's my son. That's my daughter. Yes, I'm proud of that's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. I want to pray with you this evening. The second group. The second group. As much as you try to be selfless, there is a dimension of you that is constantly seeking vengeance. Your, your, your moral compass just believes in balance. If someone says this, they should be disciplined. If this happens, then it must cancel out. You are, you are wrapped up in this cause and effect model of life. You don't understand mercy, but you yourself have received mercy. You find yourself secretly gloating when you hear of evil happening to someone else. And the Spirit of God cautions you. You know this is not right. You've not been able to do successful intercession. How, how do you stay at night if all through the night if you don't really care? How do you go on a three-day fast if you don't really care? And someone is saying, PD, I've tried to care. I just don't care enough. Maybe because these people deserve it a little bit, maybe. And you want me to pray with you this evening? I will pray with those two groups very quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, for as many as your children receiving your life, I ask that they are extracted from eternal damnation. And that they're able to receive this gift of salvation by grace they enjoy new life for if any man any woman if anyone being christ they're a new creature all things pass away behold all things have become new let these ones radiate your life let them bring savor and flavor to their world i pray father for as many who have a root of bitterness in their heart or a a pungent poisonous substance that makes it difficult for them to show mercy, to, to exude real compassion, to stand in the gap, to let go of a meal for a brother, to fast a day or two for a sister, to, to see beyond themselves. Father, we are exposing ourselves, including me, all of us together in this group. We ask for your mercy. We ask for your mercy that you will do a surgical work on our hearts. You take away this mountain of self and that you will plant your desires and your burdens in our hearts. And you will supply us with the grace to do your bidding. Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. In Jesus' name we are prayed. 
Come on, if you can, wherever you are, jam, jam, jam those heads together. Give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.